0: And so, good morning. It is good to to be back in the pulpit as the, the one to bring the message. And I mean just to bring it. Oh, thank you. It was a little foreign. I certainly have been here every week and, you know, introducing and doing the link, the segue to my dear brother. Let me just say thank you to Reverend Amon. Thank you, Reverend Amon, for blessing heart and soul as you have for the past two Sundays and what a cadre of folks have been aware of because we invited folks who have taken classes because we knew that the prayer intensive with Reverend Amon facilitating it was really it need, you needed to come in at a certain level of awareness And so he was with us for the past two Saturdays, and it turns out in the pulpit on Sunday. uh, So I have had the blessing of being just doused, (laughs) completely immersed in, splashed upon, all of that, the full receptivity of my spirit, grateful for his generosity of wisdom, of love, all of the good stuff. Thank you, my dear brother, Reverend Amon. Thank you. On this adventure in faith, it's what's required. We're going to have to call our friends into service on every level to support us, for us to support them, for us to be in. This is what community is. And that's what we are about at Heart and Soul. So we are truly on an adventure in faith. And this is the I don't even know why I mark time like this. I guess I'm a fan of the calendar uh, because I'm about to tell you that this is the last Sunday in March, which means that we're completing women's history. And what I know for sure is that while we may not be playing the beautiful video that Reverend Sonia put together with the... Uh, music that Valerie Joy Fidmont composed and lead vocals and all, although we will not necessarily have that, you know, throughout the year. And I say that because I reserved the right, you know? I'm just saying, this Sunday completes our Sunday celebration of Women's History Month. And would you just look at the way that the order in the universe unfolds so that so many of us were watching, catching up on Judge Katani Brown-Jackson. Yes? Yes, and so she has not been included so far, but my expectation is soon come. Soon come will be absolutely a part of our women's history, our black history, our lives. This is on so many levels answered prayer. Let's just be clear. Answered prayer. It is a historic nomination. I, have, I just have to tell you that, you know, I'm a child of the 60s, and in 68, when I w- I've served as a youth, uh, member of the National Board of the YMCA. And as I was speaking and in board meetings then in 68 and 69, I really believed, I didn't have any thought of what 2022 would look like. I mean, I just didn't. I didn't. I mean, if somebody had said, well, what about 2022, just, how would you even say the words? I just had nothing, I, there was no thought about a 2000, anything. But I knew that certainly before now, I thought way before now, we'd be over-talking about first. I really did. I thought we'd have put that behind us because we'd be so accustomed to women everywhere where they made a credible contribution, which would be everywhere. And uh, people of color, black folks, I I just had a different idea that in the first ending the first quarter of 2022 that I would be saying that judge Jackson is the first black woman nominated and there's no way to get in a position without a nomination You know, so it's not like the nomination in this case is an exception. This speaks to the entire process. It's a nomination process. And so the first one nominated. What I love, though, is that President Biden said he sought a candidate with exceptional credentials, impeachable character, unwavering dedication to the rule of law, that he sought a nominee Much like Justice Stephen Breyer, who is wise, pragmatic, and has a deep understanding of the Constitution as an enduring charter of liberty. He sought a judge committed to equal justice under the law who understands the profound impact the Supreme Court's decisions can have on the lives of American people. And with that intention, he nominated Judge Katani Brown-Jackson. Come on, President Joe Biden. Our former president, <laughs> mine for the rest of my life, <laughs> <laughs> President Barack Obama said, I congratulate Judge Katani Brown-Jackson on her nomination to the Supreme Court. Judge Jackson has already inspired young black women, like my daughters, to set their sights higher, and her confirmation will help them believe that they can be anything that they want to be. I relish in those times when when we are given evidence, that the evidence reminds us that this idea that we are living in infinite possibility because life can give us a sense that that's only for the dreamers. You got to be on something to stay in that consciousness of infinite possibility. I mean, sometimes we go there like, why would you? You see how it is. Why would you still be thinking? Why would you still be dreaming? Why would you still be aspiring? Why would you still be affirming and declaring? Well, because it's true. I don't know what it will take. You know, when I was, when I was younger, I really thought we'd laid the framework. I thought we'd made the necessary changes. And now I know we're not done, that we did do some of that, and change continues to happen. We are in constant change. I somehow just thought we were going to get to a point where we could kick back and let it run itself. I have been disabused of that. And I know that it's up to us it's up to us to know something. And I want to just remind you, now this is a, this is a, this is, well, it's a plug, simultaneous to truth. And it is this idea that we have put on a t-shirt that it's not an accident. It's all vibration. So when President Obama says you can be. It's reminding the young uns that they can be because they're, until we see it, many of us don't believe it. Now, there are always those folks who can see it even though they've not yet seen it demonstrated. But those are fewer than the folks who, once they see it demonstrated, it. they start setting their goal around it. It becomes a part of their vision board. It, because they've seen it now. So it's not an accident. It's all vibration. And once we get that, I'm going to encourage you to get the T-shirt because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we, we need another critical mass. Awareness. A knowing that it's not accidental, that when these things that are happening that we're loving are the things that are happening that we're not loving, That they're not accidental. It's not that the universe has slipped out of balance. That order is no longer present. It's that the vibration for the outcome is absolutely, well, it's the mental, emotional, spiritual equivalent is what you're seeing in every case. And that, all of that, the mental, emotional, and spiritual is vibrational. And then what you get is an outpicturing of that vibration. So look. It's not an accident. It's vibration. And watch this. Judge Jackson, Judge Jackson stood out as a high achiever throughout her childhood. See, I'm wanting to set us straight. Anybody who's left with an idea like she just slid in there. She was the speech and debate star who was elected mayor of her high school, of her junior high, I'm sorry, and was student body president of the Miami Pal- Palmetto Senior High School. But like many black women, Judge Jackson still faces naysayers when she told her high school guidance counselor that she wanted to attend Harvard. Now, the interesting thing about this is that as a black woman, there's not a group of folks that I could have brunch, lunch, dinner, or snack with that could not add to this story. Where we have shared with someone a vision for our lives, someone we trusted, Someone we thought was there to support us in the vision. Someone that we thought that if I have the vision and I raise it up to them, they will help me to see it more clearly. But invariably, we've been told, that vision for you? Hmm. I'm sorry. I, would re- I don't want you to get, sh- get hurt. Let's, let's shine that light a little dimmer. you going to blind people. Scale that back some. Don't be, you doing too much. you doing too much. You'd be just fine. Doing what I can see you doing. What I've seen others who look like you and have your kind of resources or background or whatever it is I'm limiting my vision to, the folks that I have seen like you, you be just fine. You don't have to do all that. You're doing too much. The guidance counselor, counselor cautioned her to not set her sights so high. Some people see the ministerial, their pastor position in a similar way as a guidance counselor? Well, let me just go and say, go ahead, set your sights high. In fact, that's what's required. And then continue to update them. Set it high and then review it from time to time and see if we can't scoot it even higher. And I say that because what's the alternative? Dumb it down? restrict it, bring it down, hide it under a bushel? Now, so it turns out, as we know now, because, you know, there's so many of us who don't live in the region where she is, so we didn't necessarily know about her before. Many did and do. But here's the bottom line. She did go to Harvard. She's continued to keep her sights high. Come on with that. She went to Harvard, graduated magna cum laude. She then attended Harvard Law School where she was an editor of the Harvard Law Re- Review and then graduated from there, cum laude. So not only went, but wore it out. I'm just saying. Wasn't just there. And you had to check the role to see that she was. She was there showing out, letting her light shine bright. Now, I know it sounds like I'm talking about her. But you all know how I do. I'm talking about us. I'm talking because there's only one of us. So there is that aspect of her that is in each and every one of us. Not that we're going to be on the Supreme Court. we not. They not enough seats. But there's something that we are not yet considering because someone has looked at us like, mm, not that. That's a little too much. You're a little too loud, a little too bright, just too much. So I've come today to say, let all that much out. Come on, do that. But I also have to say, and, you know, there are those who say, well, Rev, you didn't stop preaching, and now you can start talking about some other views around this because I feel like I can't move forward with this without saying that I'm also wanting to just bust up a myth, And it's the myth of affirmative action because we have lost our minds around affirmative action and the way we're talking about it now. Because when we first began having the conversations, and I was present in some of those. I was around in that time, so that's not hearsay. But it was to really, to, to set the balance in a way. It was to set right what we realized was wrong that there were systems in place that were working in ways to keep folks out entirely, that they had no opportunity. And so, I don't have time. I don't don't even have the information available to talk about the whole system, but so that started working. And, And folks who had not been able to have access began to have access. And many of us, are doing what we've been able to do because those doors, the foot was stuck in. They put something in and left a door ajar. I don't recall there was ever a time where they just swung the door open and hooked it, hooked it open so everybody could get in. But the little opening left enough for the people who, who had the skills and the wherewithal and all that it took to kind of squeeze by and get in. But now the myth is that the folks who have benefited from affirmative action are not qualified. I've come to bust the myth, because invariably they're overqualified, the most qualified. The difference is, is that now the most qualified can get in. Now, as you say it, what kind of game is that? That the most qualified athlete can now be in the tryouts. That the most qualified, because look at here. When you look at Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, at her record, no Supreme Court justice, not nominee, has served in so many capacities. So, in the vernacular, sister comes packing. Ask somebody what I mean. Sister comes packing. She's not just showing up like, I think I can squeeze in on the qualifications. She is head and shoulders above, just in terms of all that she has already done. <laughs> oh, Lord. And you see it there on the screen. There is no sitting Supreme Court justice who has been a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals, has been a judge on the U.S. District Court, has been vice chair of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, has been a public defender, and a Supreme Court clerk. I need, remember some years ago, I had a little mics that I... Beautiful, mic that I was gifted that I could just from time to time just drop it. This is Cedar Mike. Because you just want to go, you want to have a moment to let that sink in, to see just how insane our policies have been and will continue being unless we imagine justice unless we imagine other outcomes. So look, Senator Cory Booker just upped the stock for clinics and tissue (laughs) because, you know, I understand that the chambers were full of people with tears and at home and all of that. Part of what he said that struck me was, this country is getting better and better and better. Now watch what happens in your mind though. Because you have the option of either coming up with evidence that what he said isn't true. (laughs) Come on now, you caught yourself. That was a little pop quiz. And it's only between you and you. You know where you went. So if when I read his words, this country is getting better and better and better. If somewhere in you, you were saying, what you talking about, reverend You're going to have to stay after. We're going to have to do a little something extra. You understand what I'm saying? But if on the other hand, When I read his words, this country is getting better and better and better. You were in the realm of, praise God. Yeah, sure enough. Whether you see all the evidence. See, it, it doesn't, where you are in mind, your availability to it has nothing to do with whether there is evidence to the contrary or evidence supporting it. It's where are you going to go? You stand there choosing. What are you going to feel about this? You. It's up to you to decide how you feel. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. It's up to you how good you feel about it. Come on, Branis and Tammy.
1: Birds flying high You know how I feel Sun in the sky I'm feeling good, yeah. Feeling good, yeah, yeah. Fishing the sea, you know how. sudden so- um.
0: And so, so that was actually Valerie Joy Fidmont, (laughs) Brannis McKenzie, and Tammy Hall. Yes. Oh, giving thanks for our heart and soul ministry. Nina Simone's feeling good. Yes. It's up to us. It's up to us what you're going to feel about anything anything at all, pardon me, and I'm feeling good. Can I just get in your business for just a moment? Because I know I don't typically do that. (laughs) Find something to feel good about. The world does not have an obligation to bring good to your doorstep so you can feel good. I just, because sometimes we kind of act like, I'm only going to feel good if y'all act like I want you to act. If you do what, if the pundits are saying what I want to hear if the neighbors are doing what I want them to do, if the community feels like I need it to feel, if this, if that, if the other thing, just find you something and all that so that you can feel good. You know, feeling good in the context that I'm speaking of it is not to be taken lightly. Because if you don't feel good about something, you, no offense, but you're not going to be much good to us. Because the work that must be done must be done from an energetic place where if you don't feel good enough to do your part, we're not going to get the thing done in the way that it's designed. Does that make sense? If not, think about it. It'll come to you. Look. Look, I have been Lord so, look, in this idea of feeling good, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to start with, I'm just going to kind of drop kick Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if, 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 if we faint not. If we don't fall out. If we don't decide we don't feel well enough to if we don't decide we can't Cuz if we don't decide that it's all set up against us, and that's why we're not participating, if we don't quit before we even try, (coughs) is the idea here. I just want to say, feeling good has a benefit in the work of the people, and the people's work is essential. So let us not get weary in the work that is ours to do and the way that we are called to be. Let us not just wear ourselves out in thinking about how hard, difficult, challenging it is, yes? So, on on Saturday, yesterday, yesterday, oh, Lord, so much life has happened since then. (coughs) That was... This, I'm talking about about 24 hours ago, and I was trying to figure out which way, anyhow. Reverend Amon shared a scripture in John with us in the prayer intensive, and one of the participants, let me just say, thank you, Sheila. One of the participants um, actually brought up another similar scripture that has another portion in it that I'm going to get to, and I wanted to. Uh, her comment kind of haunted me. That that um, that sometimes when we talk about some of the healings or this particular miracle of healing on on the part of the Master Teacher Yeshua that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, that we kind of maybe harp too much or put too much focus. On the point in this particular scripture in Mark nine, it doesn't. It happens a little later, but um, let me set up the story. That first of all, in Mark, at the very beginning of Mark nine, it's verse two. We we know that the Master Teacher Yeshua has been away for six days. And here's, I just want to drop this lug real quick, that he took Peter and James and John with him up on the high mountain, and he had an experience there that I'm not talking about today. So I'm I'm trying to manage my my words and my attention so I don't end up giving a talk that I'm not here to give. And um, so, but now they've come down. But what I need you to know is those three names, Peter, James and John, because all of the disciples, all of the disciplines that are being represented have corollaries. And so, we know, many of us know right away, when you think about Peter, you're talking faith. When you think about James, you're thinking wisdom. And when you think about John, you're thinking love, when you're talking about the disciples. So, I need us to start here just real quick so we have a place of common understanding. So the master teacher is off with wisdom, love, and uh, faith. And the other disciples are in the town and they're doing what he has taught them to do. So now they return, and when they return, the first thing that shows up here, and, and let's, let's be clear, this is not recorded history. So, you know, this is not a story from tip to toe. It, it's, it's catching the pieces that somebody decided they wanted to tell in the way they wanted it told. But no matter what they did with it, within it is the metaphorical gem that allows us to see something else, Yes. So, they're now back, and they are among the people, and when they get there, it is said that they, there's a great crowd among them, and the scribes are debating with them, and the scribes are, in a way of speaking, we would say that the, the, the scribes are the ones who are to interpret and execute the church's doctrine, the rules. They're the ones who are disciplining the folks. They're like, no, you can't do that. And you, no, that's wrong. What it says is this. You, this is the way it goes. And yes, keep doing more of that. Follow what she's doing. Don't do what he's doing. It's a, that they're doing that. So the master teacher is said to have asked them, so, you know, what you, what's going on here? Now, I'm all, with, with, no, don't get off point. Okay. So there's a man in the crowd who answers. Now, to me, there's something about each of these pieces. Why is he the one answering? Why, why isn't there somebody in authority who's then going to say, we over here handling this bit of business? Or why isn't one of his own disciples saying, here's what's going on here, master, because we blew it and they upset because they you, they don't know why we can't do what we here supposed to do. But he's not the one. There's a man who is unnamed and unnumbered in any way, it's just a certain man, says that talks about his son who is dumb in spirit, who has seizures. He's saying, I brought my son who cannot speak, and he's wasting away to your disciples for healing, and they were unable to heal him. So, why can't the boy be healed? Because the master teacher has taught his disciples how to do the healing. That's what they were there doing. So, they heal in some, but they could not heal him. So, I'm really interested in this man. Because there's a cry of despair from the crowd. See, I'm I'm interested in the fact that you got the crowd and the one person who speaks up is like, over here. Here's what's happening. And I'm not convinced that that's necessarily all that they were talking about or that that was, even if that was the subject, that he had the way to frame it. But there was something in him, hear me now, there was something in him that said, come on, Judge Katanji, come on, let us see that there is a bright light someplace that insists upon being, being present. Being present. So even in his despair, even in his challenge, he's the one who speaks. And the master teacher is said to have said, well, bring him to me. And they brought him. And when they brought him, it's said that he immediately convulsed in seizures. Now, there are those Bible scholars who, who would connect that with the book of Enoch and say that that all had to do with a certain level of healing and, and how Uh, other spirits would respond in the presence of the divine master teacher, but I'm not here to talk about any of that part of it. He asked him, how long has he been like that? And he said, well, since he was a little boy. And it's even been worse. Sometimes he throws himself into the fire or into the water. And it's just, you, you can see how that must be. I mean, any of us can just be just like, oh, Lord, no, not the child. And, and what a life that must be for the family. And so the father says, if you could, if you could help, if you were, you know, if, if you could heal him, that would be, like a good thing, you know, if you could. But hear me, hear the way I'm phrasing this. He says, if you could. If you could heal it. And the master teacher's response is, if you were able to believe. So the thing is, if if you could just, if you could, he said, well, if you were able to believe (laughs) everything, Because everything is possible to the one who believes. So if we go if. Come on, heart and soul. If you could believe. I know you waiting on some other if. If Congress could just. If law enforcement could just. If the prison system could just, if the education system, if the local schools, if the unions, if the, if the, ah, if you could believe. If you could just believe, though, everything. Isn't that what, the way it? Check out a few different translations. The idea is still everything, all things are possible to the ones who could do that. So, if we go if. And immediately it said, and this is what, what came up in the prayer intensive. Immediately, it said, it is said, rather, that immediately the father of the boy cried out weeping and said, I believe, my Lord. Help thou my lack of belief. Help thou my unbelief. And I'm wanting to make sure we get that this is not self-condemnation. When we we pull over and park here, this is not, we're not blaming folks for not having, because one, I'm not convinced there are really degrees of faith. I'm just saying, you either wet or you're not. How wet you are, I don't know who can discern that. When it comes to faith, you either faith or you not. And so he is. He, and we know that because what? What are y'all talking about? What's going on here? Over here. We get my son healed. That's what we're trying to do. Like, come on in. Come, come on. Because if you could just. You're like, if? Well, if you could just believe the thing could be done. And he's like, I feel that because I believe. But you see, where I want where I want us to to be aware is that, you, you see, unlike the things are, be, we're in the season now where things are beginning to, to bud. The, the buds, and we, we know we're looking forward to the blossom. And don't you love it when we can anthropomorphize nature? And so, you, you, you see the magnolia bud, or you see the rose bud, or you see the, whatever the bud is that you see in your neighborhood, or your backyard, or on the street. And we would never imagine that the bud is looking at the one that has already blossomed and said, can't I? Why can't I just? Why can't I? Why well, I got to be the bud still. Why can't I be the bloom? Because there's, it's required just the way it is. So Brahman is is really giving us an opportunity to see ourselves, to see where where our faith falls short of exactly what's required. It's not our season quite yet. Now, this is not like, I'm not offering you a place to hide where you don't do, because let me not, it's hard to say this without a little judgment. Oh, Lord. Were we in those situations when we haven't done what we're supposed to do? We left home half hour after we were supposed to be there, and we get there late and say, "Oh, because we missed whatever." We, you know, we left thirty minutes after the appointed time, and we get there and we missed whatever it was that was there thirty minutes ago, and we announce in the most spiritual way, "It must not have been for me." Well, it must not have been for you arriving 30 minutes after the thing was due to have. Don't try me. We don't know if it was or wasn't. We know you didn't get it. But I I want you to, I want to be sure you know this ain't that. I'm not talking about you just like trying to control and rearrange all the, the laws and order in the universe that, you just get what you get because you want to get it and don't have to follow. So I'm off topic now. Okay, so look at here. Look at here. So the Father, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Help thou that part of me that, that's beat up so bad. Help that, that part of me that watched the hearings, the confirmation hearings, and couldn't hear. That none of that mattered. Help that part of me that really got myself worked up because there was some foolishness. I believe, help thou my unbelief, that part of me that got pissed off, my blood pressure shot up, that part of me that it disturbed, my, my meal wasn't rightfully digesting on account of the way I let them get to me. The way I let some mess, some foolishness, some stuff that didn't even true work. Am I the only? Is this any of this making sense? Somebody gonna have to put something in the chat. Uh, whether this is making sense? Come on now, help thou my unbelief. I believe, which is why I was tuned in. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's why I was tuned in and Googling simultaneously. But even so, I found myself tripping. Help, help thou my, I I got this part. Help that part that I let wear me out. That I let interfere with the next thing that could have my attention if I knew I could just be feeling good if I was willing to go with the divine flow of the thing that as I understand it, but instead, I'm stuck in the unbelief part. See, we, 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 we can't afford the self-condemnation because we haven't yet achieved. Didn't I say in 68, 69? I had already, I just knew. I hadn't picked a year, but I knew it wouldn't be 2020 when we'd be talking about the first nothing. The first black woman. What? No. They plenty of them. They'd have to be. Can you imagine if it was like a back to the future moment? Oh my face would just stay screwed up. <laughs> just how could this be? <laughs> All that marching we did? <laughs> All the jail, all the programs, all the what? It can't be. Help them, I unbelief. Come on now. Because this is all of us. This isn't just this one man that we can point to historically who just didn't get it. This is an aspect of all of us. And see, I'm not this ane about the whole healing, because you know the, master, you know, the rest of it. The master teacher commanded out the spirits and just and they thought the boy was dead, because you know why he'd been seizing and foaming at the mouth and carrying on. There was a lot of activity with this little young and we've seen them. We've seen people with their, their youngins who who just can't keep still. And we know our reaction just to that. So this is an extreme of that. Someone literally in seizures, not just kinetic in that sense, you know, hyperkinetic in that way. But when the master teacher has done his healing, has been the vibrational influence on it, it is said that he was so still they thought he was dead until he reached out and took his hand. And the boy got up. See, I felt like I just had to, you know, I may as well tell the rest of it. And then there's that moment where the master teacher is with the disciples. This is just to round it off. It's not really part of the talk. I'm probably going to go there a little bit, though. Is where the disciples are now, why we couldn't do it? Why Why you leave us there? I'm going to say, without love, without wisdom, without faith. Remember, he returned with those disciples, with those attributes, with those capacities. So there was something that had to unfold this way. You know, when we look at these stories, we... we you, you know, even in the fairy tales and in mythology and in the fables, ha- you've got to set them up just right. <laughs> they got to be set up just right. They have to have just the right elements and not have certain elements. Because if they got all the elements, then it's not going to make sense that it's working that way. So in this case, what happens to particularly make sense to me is they're returning with love and wisdom and faith. So I'm like, what was y'all using to heal? And I'm not saying that some stuff couldn't have happened, but we're not talking no major deep healing. And so the the the, the disciples are inquiring about, you know, why, did, why couldn't we do it? He said, well, this kind. And Reverend Amon brought us a message around that. This kind requires prayer and fasting. And however you see prayer and fasting, and, and Reverend Amon supported us with that, I'm going to today just just kind of put an umbrella over it and and a a broader sense around it and and acknowledge that what we're really talking about is focused attention, clear intention, and then focused attention on the clear intention. Because I don't know about the rest of you, but I fasted. I've done extended fast. But I've also been fasting and then found food in my mouth. Now, if you haven't ever fasted, you don't know what I'm talking about. How you call that a, pr- a fast preacher if you got food in your mouth? Well, I started out without a clear intention. I started out fasting and then had lunch. <laughs> and realized during the lunch, I was no longer fasting. This is why, you, see, I don't, huh. I'm trying to tell you that in the human condition, there are those ones that you, you can't do that. Now, see, what I I, this was just my fast. I wasn't out there. Nobody was depending on my fast directly as a dot-to-dot dot corollary. I had no agreement with anybody but me. But I think we're often in the world in agreement, and we don't have a clear intention to do what we said we're going to do and be what we said we're going to be. So we're just kind of in and out of it wondering why it's not working. Because you're not on point. Because you're not crystal clear. Because you're not focused. Because you're not doing the right thing. You're not being in alignment with what is required for the kind of outcomes that you have determined or that your heart desires. That your heart desires I'm going to close with this, I think. Oh, Lord. Well, I'm close. No, 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 no. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So... um When we look at, sometimes, what, what the logical for us, for each individual, the logical um, flow, there's another word I want, unfolding of, of the situation circumstance. We often, we're always jumping to a conclusion. Because there are dots that we're connecting. We act like the universal divine dots. They're not. They are dots. And we say, this happened, and this happened, and this happened. Well, then this is what's going to happen. But look, here's what I want you to know. Is that to the extent that we are will, <laughs> if you believe, <laughs> if, come on, if you, if you, I know if I, but if you believe all things are possible. So, an excerpt from the con- from communication from some conservatives and those appointed to positions in Republican administrations. An excerpt I'm going to share with you as lawyers and others who have served in appointed positions in Republican administrations or hold conservative political or legal views, we write to urge the speedy confirmation of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to serve on the Supreme Court. Many of us know her personally, have appeared before her, or have served in legal organizations with her. Now, if this were happening 10, 20 years ago, I don't know that it would be worth reading. But we have created by our own vibrational consciousness such partisanship that this is now noteworthy, that you got some folks crossing the aisle to say, wait, hold up. I'm going to have to say something here. I'm going to have to, what's going on here? I'm going to have to be like the man in the crowd. Look, over here, there's some mess going on. I'm going to need some help with some healing, some attention on this. And so they're writing to say, while some of us might differ concerning particular positions she has taken as a judge, we are united in our view that she is exceptionally well qualified. Given her breadth of experience, demonstrated ability, and personal attributes of intellect and character, Indeed, we think that her confirmation on consensus basis would strengthen the court and the nation in important ways. I believe, help thou my unbelief, because there are too many of us who would not have imagined that that was in the mail electronic or otherwise, but I'm wanting us to expand our imagination to include beyond what we think isn't possible to our heart's desires. We are moving, this from my heart to yours, we are moving forward together together as harbingers of faith. (laughs) And I know from time to time we're going to cry out, I believe, help thou my unbelief. But it won't be all the time. It won't be everyone. Don't worry. And you know, I was thinking about uh, Bobby McFerrin. And the little ditty, you know, don't worry, be happy. This ain't exactly that, but it's in the f- feeling good, you see what I'm saying? You can't get the stuff done if you worrying. It's not a, it brings nothing, in fact, it deteriorates whatever spiritual principle you're working on. Your worry is like rust. It's eating away at whatever it is you are establishing. We're moving forward together in faith. And we can't afford to have you bringing worry on the trip. We're going to have to drop our worry and be willing to know something. This country is getting better and better, and better. I love that he didn't just say, it's getting better. You you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm a word girl in that respect. You know, he could have just said, this country's getting better. (laughs) Gone on off. But no, this country's getting better, and better, and better. How sweet it would be. Nina Simone sang a song, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. That's on us. To begin feeling free. Begin imagining freedom. She says, if I found I could fly, I'd soar to the sun and look down at the sea. I'd sing because I know how it feels to be free. This time, I mean it and I'm accurate when I say, come on, (laughs) Brandon, bring us, I wish I knew how it would feel to be
1: free. We...
0: To ourselves for our closing prayer. I want to read this excerpt from Frederick Bale's book, Healing the Incurable, in which he says, there are undreamed of depths to the human mind. The answer to every problem lies hidden there somewhere in its deep levels. But humanity becomes panicky. The winds of his surface emotions whip up our conscious mind until our true knowledge has no chance to assert itself. Our true knowledge is robbed of its opportunity to assert itself. Then, having made a mistake, He has less confidence in his judgment next time, and the vicious cycle repeats itself. During all this time, the knower rests quietly within him, and at any point would have guided his judgment so long as he did not give way to fear, for the thing that is twisted and tangled to our panicky human view is a straight line to the infinite knower. Stretched in smiling repose. You know, that smiling repose, that notion is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And so I just ask you to join me in an awareness and recognition that the infinite knower is stretched in smiling repose. Available, welcoming. So, in recognizing the infinite knower, I recognize that it's everywhere, always present. That, as A Course in Miracles says, God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. So, in my mind, I see the divine. Living me, me living the life of the divine, breathing me. The divine is breathing me. I see me breathing the breath of the divine. And I see this for everyone. I recognize right where I am, perceiving through my own means of perception that this is simply true. I'm recognizing that this is how it's all working in the world. That each and every one of us is being breathed even as we are breathing. That each and every one of us is being lived even as we are living. That each and every one of us is in joy even as joy is in us. Oh, I'm giving thanks for this awareness, for this divine recognition. Because it is in this recognition that is also revealed to me the divine unification that I am one in all that is. That God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. God is in me. I am in God. God is in me. I am in God. God is in me. I am in God that there is only one. Not when it's convenient to me to declare God is all there is, but that I have a responsibility for discerning God in all as all. And that once I do that, that gives me access to discern the truth of my being in everything. I'm giving thanks this day, this moment for Judge Katanji, <laughs> that she brought receipts that we could see without any doubt or question the truth of the situation. And so I'm, I'm applying this morning the law of transitivity. That we might gather our own receipts in our own lives, in our own dreams, in our own visions, in our heart's desire that we might gather the evidence of our worthiness, of our qualification, of our divine deservability, of our willingness to be the one who is among the ones who are. I'm in joy this morning because I believe and my unbelief has been helped, has been lessened so that I am willing to stand knowing some outcomes that have not yet unfolded I'm not waiting to the unfoldment before I can declare it good I'm declaring it from right where I stand now in attention with my attention on my intention I am knowing that some outcomes can be known by me before they unfold Father I believe Help thou my unbelief. Help thou my doubt. Help thou my, my flippity-floppity nature. Help me know that right where I am, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine is. And that ingratitude and thanksgiving for that that brought me here That that fuels me, breathing me, loving me, living me now. That that allows me to see something beyond this now moment. Within me now, available to me. I give thanks. I give thanks for every barrier released. For every lock opened for every perceived limitation removed. It is an absolute perfect gratitude for the perfect unfoldment of the law, of the love of the divine active in my life and in all life that I give thanks. And it is in this attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving that I release this word into the perfect activity of law. I know And I know that I know that it's not possible for this word to return void. It cannot happen. So I let it be. Sealing this for all eternity, I simply say, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Ooh, love matters.